it's just so fucking deeply upsetting. So YouTube finally decided they said they were going to do something about it. However, in the meantime, they also ended up like, oh, we're going to get rid of supremacists, but they haven't. It's just been complicated in terms of who they have, from what I've gathered, who they have gotten um, rid of or demonetized. I think they still allow folks. And that's what I mentioned last week, too, is that these platforms are, they only care about making money. They don't really care about protecting people. So if they have a content creator who has a million followers and their entire content is about putting people down, causing harm, harassing people with less power and privilege than they do, the, these companies don't care because that they get a lot of involvement. That involvement's not the right word I'm looking for. Interaction, maybe. Uh, so a lot of folks click on it then they get advertising money and it's um they get a lot of folks who will show up for that and as long as they're making money some of these companies really don't care who gets hurt in the meantime so ford fisher who is someone who is a reporter an investigative journalist was i think his work was demonetized um so there's also as an educator um so there is some of that has happened. So folks getting cut in the crosshairs. So, and that's also happened on Facebook too. folks who have spoken out about being harassed by white supremacists and misogynists, uh, their own accounts get like taken down or suspended, even though if someone is supporting or not supporting, someone is reporting, excuse me, reporting what's happening. Um, and while the folks, and then the folks who actually cause the harm, they're not being suspended. That's just gross. I don't think I quite got to it earlier in the program, but did want to mention that there's a guy in El Sobrante who had put like a giant swastika in his front yard that can be seen. And there's a lot of stories on the news. One of his neighbors is Jewish and is like obviously very concerned about it. And so it's another thing where it's, and this guy's denying that he's a Nazi and, um, it's just fucking disgusting. And it's a thing here where it's live in this Bay area where a lot of folks, it's this reputation of being a quote unquote safe place. Yet there are folks living here with really disturbing views. So what can be done to help protect people and to, to show up? And of course, also in the article that, uh, I think it was an ABC news or something. It mentioned it. They even like the way mainstream media reports on these um, folks like this. They're like, oh, some neighbors are upset about it, and it's really like, some? Only some? That's a disturbing thing to say. And also they are mentioning, of course, that law enforcement refused to do anything about it. And we know that law enforcement has protected Nazis here. There was the rally in Berkeley last year, or the year before. I've lost track now. <laughs> um, and folks came to confront neo-Nazis and far-right groups. And police not only protected these groups, they ended up shooting either rubber bullets or tear gas. I don't remember. It's happened a number of times at uh, counter protesters. So again, it's not surprising that law enforcement will protect far right groups. Oh man. Didn't want to end on a downer. And also just recognizing that this is what's happening. Um, I do want to provide someone to follow on Twitter. Cause that's uh, one of the people who has been. Um, so if you want to, uh, follow uh, Carlos Maza on Twitter. His handle is at Gay Wonk, and that's G-A-Y-W-O-N-K. And Carlos has been um, tweeting about what his experience has been like um, as a creator on on YouTube. So that's where I started. Um, some other folks had 
shared his information and what he's been going through. Um, so yeah, if you want to read more about that, oh, it's, it's disheartening. Oh, okay. Want to get to a few other things here though, because there's a lot, there's a lot more to get to. Oh, goodness. Okay. I did want to play a video from uh, Mihente. Folks can check out mihente.net. And I didn't mean to, I mean, now I'm like feeling kind of down and kind of low, recognizing this is what's happening. And uh, I'm just going to accept it for what it is. It's disturbing when, you know, you think you, when, and perhaps it's naive on my part that. Uh, folks would naturally evolve and progress and learn to help one another instead of harm one another. And it seems to be that there's more folks causing harm to, to people because they feel like they can get away with it. So what can be done, done to counteract that? Um, we are here at the station. Well, I can speak for myself only, but hopefully other folks at the station here are also uh, think ice uh, is disgusting. Not the actual substance of frozen water, but ice, the uh, group of people who cause a lot of harm to many people and wish for ice to be abolished. Also, ice is not very old. It's, I think it's a little more than a decade old. Um, and... It's, we lived before it, we can live after it, we should abolish ICE. Um, and it of course stands for Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which causes more harm than good. And yeah, it was only started, it was formed 16 years ago. So most of us who are around are older than this, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it's a law enforcement agency, we can call it that. And they are actively putting children in cages, they are separating families, they are causing massive harm to people. And ICE needs to be abolished. Um, a number of trans women have also, and, ch and children have died in, in ICE custody. So also wanted just to share some information about that. And here's a link to a video I'm going to play um, that I found on the Mehente website. If you go to mehente.net, you can find more information there. And this is uh, Issa Nayola uh, describing how trans asylum seeker Johanna Medina's death in ICE custody shows how much is at stake uh, to our communities. And that's the, the headline here. So I'm going to... Uh, share this right now. And this is a video that you can find on their website. And just may take me one moment here. Having a little bit of difficulty uh, playing it. Here we go. Hola, mi gente. Um, hola, mi gente. Um, this is Isa. Um, just gonna give folks a couple minutes to join. Um, yeah, to share some reflections about all that has happened, um, all that is going on in this moment of so much violence, um, especially this month of pride, um, where so many so many cities and um, places are celebrating, um, have started to celebrate so um, just giving some folks uh, a couple minutes to join. Um, yeah.
And this is uh, Mihente's deputy director, Issa Nayola. And you can find us on the Mihente.net um, website. So, yeah, I, um, I um, having such a hard time coming up with words right now. Um, I think my heart is really heavy um, in the midst of so much uh, grief and uh, sorrow that our communities are experiencing. Um, but I wanted to take the time um, to share and acknowledge this moment and you know, as an organization, Mi Gente um, is working closely with communities on the ground, um, especially in El Paso, that have been supporting um, folks uh, who have been inside detention in the Otero facility. Um, we've been working with the uh, detained uh, migrant uh, solidarity group um, and so many other folks uh, who uh, yeah, are, have been supporting, like so many other places across this country who have been supporting migrants who have been locked up in detention. Um, that we, we know, um, as mi gente, that like the violations, the human rights violations have been ongoing. This is not new. Um, these violations have been occurring um, ever since the detention facility um, system has been growing and manifesting in our communities and so, um, this continues to occur, and we have another example of just what's what's at stake, what's at stake in this moment, what's at stake for our communities, um, what we mean by you know um, abolish ICE, what we mean by saying we want to get rid of these systems that are harming our communities, that are harming our people, um, especially vulnerable populations, and so um, Johanna is a part of that. Um, and she has suffered the, um, you know, the, she paid the, the biggest price ever. And so with her life, um, she was a young trans woman from El Salvador who migrated um, with so much hope, um, con mucha esperanza. And uh, she is uh, seeking refuge, uh, seeking a chance and an opportunity. So, um, we just want to acknowledge this moment and how hard it is for everyone to process, um, for folks to hear this news yet again coming off of a week of action um, that I, a lot of LGBT uh, groups on the ground across the country have been mobilizing and that Familia has been supporting, Familia Transqueer Liberation. And so um, I know today is a, a culmination, or uh, I think it's the last week of uh, day of action in Sacramento, where they're going to uplift both Roxana and Johanna's case and lives. Um, so it's it's a tough moment. Um, and I just kind of want to share that, be in solidarity with folks on the ground, be in solidarity with communities um, as both an individual and as an organization, and that we are committed um, more than ever to the larger vision that we have of liberation for all of our communities um, for those that um, feel that this that the state is um, zeroing in on them, that we we got your back. We're here for you, um, and you know we continue to fight. And that if there's anything that should give us hope is that our communities continue to show up, as we've seen um, time and time again. Um, and nothing changes. We continue to fight. We continue to show up, um, and just that we. Um, you know, we're, we're not stopping until these systems and 
and facilities, detention facilities um, are completely abolished. Uh, because we can't see the suffering of our people any longer, we can't see the deaths of our people any longer. Um, and Johanna, along with Roxana and so many other uh, migrant children at the border, um, you know, um, vulnerable populations that are suffering in, in solitary confinement and administrative segregation in this very moment, um, we are joining their voices and we're joining their struggle because there's so much at stake and they're the ways that ICE continues to dehumanize our people is, is, is can no longer continue. And so we continue to fight, we continue to show up. Um, y estamos aquí. Um, so quiero compartir el mensaje que apenas dije en inglés. Uh, y, es, y estamos aquí en este momento muy difícil cuando um, Johanna, uh, una mujer migrante trans del Salvador, fue um, asesinado por ICE. Uh, ella estuvo en un centro de detención en Otero, en, um, en Otero, um, cerca de uh, la frontera de Juárez. Y estamos con, um, estamos en, en este momento tan difícil donde comunidades están organizando, están peleando, están luchando contra el Estado, contra uh, inmigración, uh, porque hay mucho que hay mucho que pelear, ¿verdad? Por las vidas, por todo el sufrimiento que está ocurriendo adentro. Y queremos en este momento tomar, uh, yeah, tomar uh, este momento muy serio, ¿verdad? Porque uh, estas noticias nos llegan con como un, un, una pesadilla grande. Uh, y la, y um, seguimos viviendo la pesadilla de nuevo y de nuevo y de nuevo. Y estamos esperando que, que pare todo esto, ¿verdad? Que pare las violaciones uh, del sistema de inmigración um, y que podamos um, un día finalmente acabar con todos estos sistemas, ¿verdad? So, estamos aquí en la lucha, estamos con ustedes como organización, como personas, como humanos, como personas que um, nuestras familias han sufrido demasiado, ¿verdad? Y uh, nos han querido atropellar. Pero seguimos adelante, seguimos luchando, seguimos en pie porque sabemos que vamos a ganar. Sabemos que un día vamos a ver el fin de estos sistemas que no benefician a ninguna persona, ¿verdad? So, estamos aquí con ustedes, uh, seguimos en la lucha, seguimos al pie uh, y vamos, no nos vamos de ningún lugar. Um, estamos en las comunidades uh, organizando, estamos apoyando y vamos a seguir. Gracias. All right, so this was Mijente's Deputy Director, Issa Nayola, and you can find this video at mijente.net. You can also follow Mijente uh, online as well and uh, on Twitter. And there's ways to take action, membership, you can donate, lots of other ways to support. Uh, it's a really great organization. I wanted to go, um, we'll be playing some more music from trans artists throughout the show. And um, also wanted just to get to some more. I feel like I've talked a lot during the show and I've also uh, misspoke or used words I didn't mean to use. So I'm going to just be playing a few other things, audio clips um, for the rest of the show here. Also stay tuned because I do believe it's the, the week, it's the first week. So I believe there should be a Women's Magazine and Common Thread Collective coming up next. Uh, but I think they're second and fourth, maybe they're first and third. Anyway. Oh, yeah, so they might not be here this week. Okay. See, this is what I mean. 
I'm going to continue to share other people's words because I am feeling a little bit spent. So this is a, a video from a Stolen Belonging, which you can follow. Um, it's on YouTube. I know it's gross. Um, YouTube itself. The not the, the way they, they handle their policies. That's what I want to say. Please don't take that out of context. Okay. If you go to stolenbelonging.org, um, and they have some videos up, and they're also going to have captions coming soon, so I wanted to share that. Also, something else. Ideally, for this for this show, I would love to have transcripts of all the episodes up, as well as translations into Spanish and other languages. So that's something I'm putting out into the universe. Again, volunteering my time doing this show. Um, thanks for folks who support. Eventually, I'd like to get to the point where I can fund uh, folks to help out with this more and just provide a service so more and more folks have the ability to to read and or hear what's happening. Cool. Okay. So getting to that, this is an episode from Stolen Belonging. It's about nine minutes long, and this is episode two, City as Thief. And again, you can find this at stolenbelonging.org. So I will be playing this this audio, and I'll be back uh, afterwards to wrap up the show. Stay tuned. Oh, and there are some... Uh, words on the screen, so I'm going to read those. SFPD and Department of Public Works are stealing homeless residents' survival gear and personal belongings in violation of human and constitutional rights and often in violation of San Francisco's own city policies. I made lists of all the things that were taken that I could remember. This is Todd Bryant. But, SF you know, of course, DPW took that stuff, too, as well. I mean, every time I, they take everything, any time I get something, they take it. They, they, uh, like you, they tell you to move, and you move something down the street. When your back's turned, they grab something and throw it in the back of the truck. Five months before Todd's interview, we caught SFPD and DPW trashing his belongings. Did they throw in your stuff away? Yeah, that's like almost something they throw away. Go ahead, yeah. Film it. What are they doing right now? Uh, these guys, uh, these officers here, are taking my stuff and they're throwing it away. Everything I own, stealing my stuff, which they say you can go get back in the DW uh, yard, which you never get back. I've been down there so many times, I never get a thing back. They keep it all. They're taking all my food that I have. I'm diabetic and they're my food and anxious food and they're going to take my food and throw it away. And I just bought that tarp yesterday, so I have no shelter. I'm just to freeze my ass off out here. SF policy states that city workers can't take attended property unless a person refuses to move it and is given sufficient time to do so. Then they must bag, tag, and store it for 90 days so one can retrieve it. After declaring we knew the policy, officers told us we could move what was left of Todd's belongings down the block. Hey, dude, they're stealing your shit! Excuse me. I'm going to just go back to finish reading this here. And again, this is Stolen Belonging, Episode 2, City is Thief. When our backs were turned, dot, dot, dot. Hey, dude, they're stealing your shit! Okay, so, ma'am, you're more than welcome. That's not abandoned property. You know it's his. Bagging and tagging. It's getting bagged. That's a it's not abandoned. Speaking. It's his. He's right there. I, I understand. It's his property still. It's not abandoned. I understand. You can't take unabandoned property. Uh, I'm done talking to you. You're not understanding. Police reports have been conducted. Uh-huh. All right. So they have been noticed and they know what's going on. 
It's an unfortunate situation. You're supposed to post notice, so where is it posted? Lots belonging were on wheeled carts. They cited him for illegal lodging. I spent literally over 40 hours at the navigation of the DPW yard trying to get my stuff back. They've taken everything I own. They took $60,000 in snap-on tools one time. All gone. There's nothing there. They say that, oh, someone robbed the yard or some crap. There's always some excuse why they don't have my stuff. And they keep it all. They keep it themselves. That's what they do. I'm a former uh, DBW, and I was working there recently. The company and the supervisors would say if... Uh, to throw the belongings away. I was like, their tents and all that, and their clothing, and their belongings they got. But once you've decided that you're caught or you've been ordered by police to confiscate their stuff, yes. do you give them any sort of receipt? Do you bag and tag it? Or no. does it just go in the back of the truck? I just toss it, and whatever that looks good to them, they go sell it on the weekend. Who sells it? The DBW workers. On the weekend. Where do they sell it? At the flea market on 16 Mission. I seen some of the workers and the stuff, and I'm like, Were you seen the workers at the? Yes. And you knew that stuff was from the pickups. Yeah. Yes. It was about three days after my birthday. They literally took, uh, decided to take a, my bin that I kept all of my belongings in, like everything that I own, so, um, including the, birth, the few birthday presents that I got three days prior. We're going to the DPW compound or whatever, the place of business where they are supposed to take the items that they supposedly bag and tag when they take it from us to see if they have my stuff. some of our things that were bag and tagged. Yeah. Oh, you're not allowed to pull into the yard. Okay. Oh, um, well, the office closes at... Uh, well, you're not allowed to pull into the yard. Okay, so where did, where did yeah. you Can you go back out to the gate and I'll call somebody? We just were out there and they sent us over here. Yeah. Just trying to figure out what I need to do to pick up I'll some of my stuff that was. Now. Okay, yeah, we have a process out here. Items that would yeah, there's a there's a green wagon full of stuff, like a wagon that you pull, you know. Um, uh, a big pelican case, it's kind of busted open. Uh, okay, let me see what I can do. Thank you. The DPW workers are getting back. All right, um, it's four o'clock. Um, we've been waiting. 
since we talked to the guy who's gonna go look for my stuff for like an hour at least uh it's raining uh this is what they've been doing to everybody i've talked to is uh just making them wait and then they end up leaving which is what they're wanting everybody to do because uh, i don't believe that they have my uh possessions at all 23 people so far have come out here that I know have not gotten one one item back. It's exactly the same thing that they come out here, they wait, they wait, they wait. Someone may come, like us, at least we drove up and we drove in there and we made them pay attention to us. We made them like come out and speak to us. Um, other people, they sit out here and they wait. There's no, no signs, there's nothing saying, oh, please call this number. There's nothing like that. Um, so when someone finally does say, oh, have you been helped? You know, then someone pays attention and then you got another hurry up and wait. You know, it's a big clusterfuck of nothing of basically hurry up and wait. And and each person that comes out here and sit, you know, that waits, you know, 23 people just in my own dealings with have not got one item back, not a tent, not a sleeping bag, not um, their items that, that, that they, that they needed to survive out here to stop, to help even an umbrella, nothing. DPW and SFPD sweep residents all over the city and take their belongings every day. Thousands are impacted every year. However, our public records request revealed that the city only logged approximately 60 bag and tag forms in 2016, 70 in 2017, and 400 in 2018. 000. Forms often contain little to no information. They reveal early morning sweeps. This one here is 2.20 a.m. Taking people's medication at 5.40 a.m. Looks like someone's insulin, it says here on the sheet. Items in their custody are often stolen. Or, quote unquote, not found. And they're sharing uh, photographs of these uh, forms. These inhumane tactics and acts of theft don't solve poverty, they push people further into it. Unhoused residents have a right to their belongings, to dignity, to decent housing, and to belong here. Take action, stop the sweeps, housing and services now. Uh, to learn more and follow the project at stolenbelonging.org, Get involved at cohsf.org. And this was the second video from Stolen Belonging uh, called City as Thief. And again, if you check out stolenbelonging.org, uh, you can find more information there as ways to help out and stop the sweeps. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap up the show here. Big again, thank you to Roger Morenko for coming in and sharing his experience. Is, oh, I am... Whew, there's a lot going on in the world and hopefully uh, there will be more ways to take action that I can share in the future. Again, uh, check out the queer rebels fest, which is happening tonight. 
um, lots of events happening here during Pride Month. Also, the last song we played uh, was it's, you can find it by Bog Princess. If you go to bogprincess.bandcamp.com forward slash releases from uh, not songs for headphones, songs for blasting from small speakers, demos. And I'm going to finish up by playing a couple more songs from this as well. And um, we'll see how much time we got here. So thanks again so much for listening in. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, it's the Queer Women of Color Film Fest. So we've got a guest coming in from that, uh, Nava Mao. Uh, we'll be coming back to talk about Waking Hour. Looking forward to having that conversation. Thanks again so much for listening in. Lots of information. Ugh. Okay. Well, have a great uh, week, everybody. And we'll be back next week. The grotesque, do not call me a woman, I'm the bog princess, bog princess, don't die ever, I don't die ever, and I'm not fabulous, fish, I'm not fierce, I'm not brave, not a goddamn queen, not a happy fucking gay, I am snips, I am snails, severed puppy dog tails, and I remember every cut, and y'all can suck my cunt, suck my, I don't die ever, I don't die ever. So what I fight without honor, I've got nobody's back. I'm that cold rain falling on your rainbow flag. Cast no pearls before me, I will never call you back. Let's be clear about this, baby. You're a chaser, I'm a trap. Cause I'm a tranny and a faggot and a pervert and a creep My gender is the maggot, eats your children in their sleep I'm a coward and a bully and a pathologic liar I'm a flaming bag of shit, yeah I'm a fucking trash Fire, fucking trash, fire don't die ever I don't die ever I will stab you in the back if you try to be my friend And I'll beg for your forgiveness and I'll do it all again I'm a narc and a scab, a vindictive little bitch But I live without remorse, you made me like this I don't die ever I don't die ever I'm that Yellowstone grizzly with a taste for human flesh You should kill me, maybe if I give you the chance Cave my head in with a shovel Dump my body in a lake But I come back every bashing I'm an undead babe And my soul is a monster that no hormone shots cure No scalpel can reverse, I am pure, I am pure Beautiful beyond beauty, yes I am the grotesque Do not call me a woman, I'm the bog princess And my hair has turned to splinters My blood has turned to brine But like a stench in the swamp I will Never die. Queers never die.
Queers never die. Queers never die. Queers never die. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> of the RTVs today. Uh, our hearts go out to uh, Gerlia Cunha. She had uh, to go to the hospital today. Uh, so that's why she's not here today to host. Uh, but we're going to get started in a little bit and stuff. Uh, at the same time, we're still going to be doing our things, but our wishes go out to her for getting better so we do something next week. Uh, but until then, we're going to be hanging out here at Mutiny Radio and we're going to be doing it right. We'll be getting a little open mic going and then a little Q&A with some of these guys too. Grab your hand now, people. Grab now. 
Sunday, y'all. It's a Sunday. Make some noise right now. You're in the studio right now. Make some noise right now. You're in the studio. Thank you so much, y'all, for coming out today. You could have been anywhere else, uh, maybe possibly crying in your pillow, but you said, no, I'm going to come out tonight. I'm going to tell some jokes. Try and make some people laugh. Try and change this world from within. Uh, where that within begins, we don't know. But what we do know is that our first comedian tonight, uh, this guy, is, I believe it's his first time being here. I don't know if, if it's his first time ever for Mutiny Radio and stuff, uh, but if anything, uh, Please uh, give a big round of applause for the one and only Cody Abe. What's up? How's everybody doing? Uh, first time at this specific mic. Uh, yeah, just never really uh, wanted to come out into the mission on a Sunday. <laughs> But, you know, nothing better to do today, so <laughs> this is where I am. <laughs> okay, let's put this down. All right. <clears throat> All right, so, um, so uh, got a new job recently. Uh, it's nice, but it's in the city, and I currently live uh, in the East Bay, so that means I have to take, um, take BART every day. And uh, if there's one thing that I've learned that I hate about Bart more than anything else is that I can't wear the same pair of pants more than like three times. Because <laughs> for some reason they chose the most scent porous fabric material to use for their upholstery. I don't know why. Well, no, it's completely unacceptable, first of all. Second of all, completely expected, right? Because... Uh, they're not uncomfortable, right? <laughs> like, like they're pretty, they're pretty comfortable. But it's the fact that you're sitting in the like your your pants are basically absorbing hundreds, if not thousands, of previous butts that have sit, sat there. You know, some with IBS, some with actual, you know, sh like anal leakage. Like you don't even know. Like, <laughs> like fuck, I'm not even recording. God damn it! Hold on, that was good. God fucking damn it! I was riffing too. Fuck. <laughs> Oh yeah, it does. But I want to listen to it like, like right after. Uh, you can actually. What? You can actually. Oh, can you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, you good, dude? I every time like I okay, I never I just never thought about that. Like I'm at mutiny. <laughs> been here. I've actually that's not a lie. I've been here multiple times before. I never thought about listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm a fucking idiot. Maybe that's why I'm taking Bart every day. <laughs> Uh, fuck. What was I gonna? That was just like a. That was a. That was a guttural instinct that I just had for not recording. I. I guess. I don't want. I don't want to blame Mutiny, but it's Mutiny's fault. Uh no. What else? Oh yeah. So fucking Bart, right? People like. People are discussing on Bart, 
But I think the most, like, you know, you got, I've seen it all, right? You got a crackhead, you got somebody possibly pissing in the corner, maybe, somehow, like in that back area. But the, the worst thing, I think, that I see on BART every day is people putting their hand straight to their face. Like, what? Like, <laughs> like how are you going to do that knowing that all the other shit... Like, that's legacy disgusting, you know? Like, you're, it's disgusting because of all the shit that came before it. It's like, um... <laughs> uh, I'll find a. I'm trying. I, I I wrote that on the way here, and I'm trying to. I was trying to think of a, um, sim, like a like a metaphor that was good for it, but I'll get it later. Fuck it, I'll get it later. I'll figure it out. Um. Oh yeah. So uh, so uh, let's go into my shit that I wanted. Also, uh, how, how much time is it again? Um, uh, right now. This is yeah, I'd say you got some time, man. Go ahead, be you, man. Be okay, you. okay. So we'll run through this shit. Okay, so uh, I lost my dad at the age of six, but then I found him <laughs> blowing cocaine into a stripper's asshole. I was shocked. I said, Dad, how could you be such a bad influence on me, your one and only son? He said, Cody, please don't tell your mother we started without her. <laughs> Uh, and as he finished applying the Charlie into her chocolate factory, he told me that, uh, son, please don't do as I say, or please do as I say, not as I do. And I get over here and hold this bag, uh, this eight ball for me. As a, I need somebody to fucking help. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, none of that actually happened. I just, uh, created that story in my head because that's how I know my father would want me to remember him. Uh, I don't know. I was pretty young. Might have been one of those things that you kind of just make up in your head. Well, I don't fucking know. Anyway, but so that means I grew up with like a like a my my. It was just me and my mom and my sister and my grandma. Grew up in a house of women. I grew up with my mom. She raised us very well. Um, she's in fact she uh, recently actually uh, just joined my grandmother in retirement. Um, she just retired. Uh, congratulations to her. But you know what that means? That just means that uh, my monthly stipend is now bi-monthly. That's all that means. Is, <laughs> no. um, is that all? Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, let's, let's hop back onto let's hop back onto Bart, both metaf metaphorically and uh, literally. I'm gonna go fucking catch Bart. Um, uh, I may have seen literally the worst person hop on Bart yesterday. It was this guy. Uh, first of all, this guy was a dick. You know, like you could just tell that he was a dick, not because of uh, what he did, but what he just looked like. Like. <laughs> Um, I don't. I, you can picture whoever you think is a dick in your head. Anyway, so this guy was a dick because he he um, he just did one of the most asshole things by just leave his friend behind on Bart. He he was running with his bike and he ran in. He and he yelled behind him, "Yeah, uh, get on, get on, get on!" And then he they they didn't get on and he didn't he had a bike so he could have literally held his bike in the door and had it closed on the bike but no he took his bike in saw the person running toward the door and didn't do anything and then he just yelled next station get to the next station and you could tell that this person 
like you there the cluelessness on that person's face was such that they weren't from here like you could just tell i also could tell because he was using whatsapp to communicate with her like she was foreign like like that's fucked up like you left your foreign friend at a bart station and told him to go to the next stop when the next when i was on the antioch train the next one was a dublin pleasanton train so that's um not going to the same place, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not going to the same place. Well, fuck that guy. Uh, hope he didn't get laid that night because it was a male and a female situation. I hope if they were married that he was divorced. No, I don't. <laughs> hope that. Actually, I do because he kind of. Oh, the worst part was that he he was talking like he made friends on on the the train, and uh, he made friends on the train. And he was talking to them like it was her fucking fault. Like what? Like obviously, <laughs> like obviously, she didn't know where she was going because he had to tell her next stop. Like obviously that's true. But but like you know he was like he was like he did the thing where he like looked like mad that she didn't know that what she was doing. And I'm just rambling on about this like ridiculous fucking asshole that I saw in Bart. All right, I'm I'm my time is done. Thank you for having me, Mutiny Radio. Yeah. All right, Cody. You can check out Cody making friends at Bart stations all across the bay, y'all. Not, not only that, I look forward to the family holidays at the strip club. I appreciate that, Hello, honey. All right, we're gonna keep it going. Uh, your next uh, comedian, this guy's been coming through here a little bit. Um, we're glad he's here hanging out again. Everyone, put your hands together for the one and only Ryan Schooley. I will finish donating in the bucket later. Hey, mutiny, how we doing? We doing all right? We're we're fucking we're fucking here. I'm gonna grab a chair so I could put my notebook and reference it, cause this is gonna be a loose fucking. This is gonna be a stare at the notebook set, guys. This is not gonna be not gonna be a uh, a worked out one. Um. Oh yeah. I was going to take the stool, but he was faster. So we're, we're going with actual chair this time, guys. Um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I just realized this place had a disco ball. I've been here like 10 times. I never noticed that. Uh, yeah, man. I used to I used to think I was like a pretty generic, you know, generic looking, blended with the crowd white dude. Didn't really stand out that much. Uh, that was until... A little while ago, uh, a buddy of mine, we were hanging out in open mic, and he informed me that I look like a vegan Wolverine. That's <laughs> apparently what I look like, which is not, I don't know, it, it didn't sound like a compliment. I tried to spin it like one. I was just like, oh, man, you mean I look, uh, I look healthy? And he's like, I mean, you look thinner than the people you're trying to save. That's what I mean. <laughs> not, not, uh, not a compliment. I think though, like if you are, if you're a vegan Wolverine, like there there are levels of like, of the thing where like if you're a vegan Wolverine, that means you're like one man bun away from being a yoga instructor Wolverine, and that's, I don't know, 
my aunt's a yoga instructor. She it's funny. She she just got into yoga like a couple of years ago, and I think she wanted to get into comedy too. She was like, "Oh, I see Ryan doing stand up. Uh, should I should I do start doing yoga or uh, I like comedy? Should I start doing stand up?" And it's it's one of those things where it's like if you're thinking about getting into two things, one of them is comedy and the other one is yoga. You should get into yoga. Do not. <laughs> If you were seriously thinking like yoga might be for me, but comedy might also be for me, no, it's not. It's stick with the yoga, get all flexible. You do not want to <laughs> go through the shit that you have to go through for this. I uh, I just moved here, man. I just moved to San Francisco pretty recently. Um, yeah, yeah. This 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 is a tough city to move to. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It was it was rough. Those for I'm settling in now. Settling in, those first few months were pretty, pretty rough, you know. It was a little depressed. It's a, it's a filthy fucking city. It's, it's, it's there's, there's no, nothing to prepare you for the level of grossness. Like I remember, I, I had just moved here. I was a couple months in. I saw the most San Francisco thing I'd ever seen to that point. I saw shit that was on the sidewalk that was clearly, clearly produced by one human then stepped in and slipped on by another human. If I were to make a movie about what it is to move to San Francisco, that would be the trailer right there. That would be the poster. It's fucking gross, you know? <laughs> never, never saw that in Long Beach. Um, I, I'll say this though, that was like the turning point for me moving to San Francisco. That was when things started to turn around to look up for me, like I started to embrace the city more. Like when I saw that, <laughs> that slipped in pile of shit like it made me smile man like I took a picture of it I look at it sometimes to cheer me up because I have every time I see it <laughs> yeah every time I, I see that literal shit I know for one moment of one day somebody hated their life in the city more than I do and that's You, like, dude, that guy had, like, the worst fucking day when that happened. When he fucking slipped. Because, like, it's not, like, it's not over. It's not like you just go walk walk back to your house. Like, you're in the middle. It was, like, on Market Street. You're in the middle of the fucking city. You have to, you have to take a BART to get home. You're not, you're not driving your own car with that shit. Even if you did drive, you're, you're taking BART. You're not, and you're definitely not taking a lift. <laughs> that shit, that will tank your lift score like nothing else. Like, to have to get into that lift chair and explain, like, I know, I know what this looks like, but let me just assure you, this is not mine. Like, that's, you can't fucking, <laughs> you can't say that. I like to, um, whenever I meet somebody that I, I really don't like here, I like to imagine that it was them slipping in that shit. Like, that's... That's like my little, that's my revenge fantasy, you know? I thought, I thought there was going to be more to riff on there, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> Writing on stage always seems like a great idea until I'm on stage. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, I don't like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm out here, I'm chasing my dreams. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to make it happen. Uh, the, the deeper into comedy I get, the less I like inspirational quotes. That's something I've found, you know, like the more, 
<laughs> the more <laughs> depressing they they seem to me. Because all they're always all the inspirational quotes out there, they're always about like starting your dreams, like getting started following your dreams, going after it. They don't cover step two at all. Like <laughs> you get knee deep and then there's no feedback. Like there's no there's no motivational quote. They're all like start following your dreams. They don't they don't mention that you won't be able to pay rent for twelve years. That's not <laughs> covered in any of these it's always shit like, uh, yeah, you know, do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And they don't mention it's because no one's going to pay you for a very long time. Here's my least favorite inspirational quote, though. The one that pisses me off the most, it's the Wayne Gretzky quote. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Which at first, you know, fires you up, you know, makes you want to take some fucking shots. Right, go out there, try some new jokes, right on stage, whatever the fuck. Then the more you think about it, you're like, what's worse than uh, missing 100% of the shots you don't take? Taking 100 shots and missing all of them. That's, dude, the only reason Gretzky got away with saying that was because he was really good at hockey. Like, could you imagine like, a, if Gretzky was dog shit at hockey and, <laughs> And and he tried to tell you like yeah you missed a hundred percent you missed a hundred percent of the shots you don't take slap shot wide left it's like no you're not gonna listen to him you're not and he was so athletically gay he was not just like a guy who did hockey on the side he was like one of the best hockey players like day one he he was probably like at least a standout in his like you know the the bitty hockey league or whatever the the middle school hockey like. Uh, he was he was naturally good at it, you know. So he it, it helped him a little bit, and it, it, good at it in a way that most people I feel like could never relate to with anything, you know. That's it's not a relatable thing. Gretzky telling you to take more shots than to follow your dreams is like Jeff Bezos telling you to buy more Ferraris, you know. It's like it's <laughs> there's no way you can relate to that as all right. That's my time, guys. Thanks. Oh uh, yeah, here we go. Give it up for Ryan. You can catch the vegan Wolverine opening his yoga studio and giving motivational tech talks in the next month or so, yeah. We appreciate him hanging out again. Uh, we're going to keep this show going. Uh, the show is, uh, which also, by the way, I want to give a little quick shout out again to Carolea Cunha. She's uh, having some, she's typically the like the host of this show, but we're holding it down for her. And uh, we're going to keep it going. And the next person who's going to help hold it down is uh, the one, the only, Darren Busey. I like gardening because, well, just look at me. I, uh, I put on those cargo shorts to look nice and beige. You know, no one gives, gives a shit what I look like at my age. Uh, so, so I put on the cargo shorts nice and beige, not remotely shaped like the human body. Hell yeah, surrender looks good on me. This guy knows what I'm talking about. You look like you know a lot about giving up. Cool, how about later we go to Costco and talk fashion? My daughter has always been into dance and pop stars. All through her teens, she'd want to show me the latest move she saw online. Daddy, daddy, come look, I saw Cardi B do this. Oh, oh fuck, not again. Uh, excellent footwork, dear. I, I know you've been twerking hard, I mean working hard on your footwork. My son, on the other hand, he's pretty quiet. He likes to skateboard. I never worried about him until he fell at the skate park and got a concussion. All this time I was worried about the wrong kid grinding the rail. 
I also like going to the farmer's market. Big shock there. Uh, I especially like pomegranates. By the time I'm done with one of those bad boys, my kitchen looks like the shining. Hell yeah, I'm full of excitement. I used to eat the seeds whole like nature intended. Then I found out what it feels like to give birth to a porcupine. Uh, my daughter, same daughter Paula, she, she's into the ripped jean look. When it was a gash or two, I was fine, but I, I had to say something when she walked out the door looking like Freddy Krueger's scratching post. Uh, she just, she was pissed. Like, uh, you're not the boss of me. I can do what I want. And she's right. She doesn't need me to tell her what to wear or when to put on sunscreen. Yeah, that's right. This summer, she's rocking a full-on Morse code sunburn. Reads all the way down. You were right, Dad. My cousin Alan, um, his life was getting away from him. He lost his job. Uh, he had a couple of arrests for drunk driving. But we in the family, we all kind of got together, got him some help. He's working again, uh, driving a street sweeper. It's great, because no one suspects a thing. He can just swerve all the way down the road. No one gives a shit. Oh, there was no car back, car parked back there? Maybe there used to be. You don't know. And hey, the medians need love, too. Some of them haven't been polished for decades. My, um, uh, oh yes, the Me Too era is upon us, which means people are being held accountable for their past actions. And that means we have to talk about the time I had my wisdom teeth removed. I was 15 and the meds were at full effect. The nurse leaned over me to grab something and so did I. Both hands, regrettably solid technique. Uh, I don't even remember this because of the pills. I only know what happened thanks to the principal witness, which was my mom. Smooth. And according to mom, the nurse simply responded with, you'd be surprised how often that happens. Yep, that was the 80s, just feathered hair and gropey adolescence. Welcome to hell. Um, but uh, thankfully, times have changed, and so have I. Ever since the day I walked out of that office, I've been a gentleman. Proof that getting men to behave themselves is like pulling teeth. Uh, I was also a gentleman even in college. I met my wife, Susan, when we were at UC Berkeley back in the year 19, none of your fucking business. We were, we, were, we were 19 years old. I was so young. In fact, um, I'd only had sex on four occasions before I met Susan. That's so few I can recount them all with one hand. That's not quite right. I'm actually left-handed. Oh yeah, that, that, that feels much better. Back when I was at Cal, uh, I had this partner for a circuit lab named Lexi. She was from uh, New Orleans. She was brilliant and she was gorgeous. And my wife got a little jealous. I mean, my then girlfriend, now wife. And uh, but there was nothing going on. Um, she kind of believed me, but she really didn't relax until she saw Lexi's boyfriend. Talk about outgunned. Dude looked like Keanu Reeves, except with green eyes and a soul. Uh, what do we got here? Oh yeah, uh, I was never going to be able to be a player. Too nice, too loyal, like a little puppy dog. Less furry nowadays. Um, I play poker occasionally. Uh, I'm okay. I'm a pretty good player. Um, but um, there's a few women I cross paths with, serious players, and they have this nice trick where they wear these low-cut tops to distract their male opponents because most men are pigs. But I, I'm a gentleman, which means I know how to make respectful eye contact, right? And as my chips were slowly draining away from me, 
I realized that the last thing I should be doing when up against superior players is staring them right in the eye. <laughs> they can see straight through me. Um, one last thing. Uh, as I started dabbling in comedy, I've heard a lot of interviews with the pros. They say that you have to, um, you need, to find out if you're any good, you need 10 years of experience in comedy. Really? Like the doctor who did my vasectomy only had five. You telling me he's only halfway to making a good dick joke about whittling old hickory here? Yeah, that joke's gonna kill in eight years. All right, that's my time, thank you very much. All right, yeah. That was uh, tips from the comic himself right there, yeah. How to make it right there. We're gonna keep on making it, your next comedian. Oh, I'm glad he's hanging out. Haven't seen him in a while. Thank you for the pupusa. Good man. Give it up for Elio Oponte. I know you guys cannot see this, but I'm waddling up on stage, and it's just because I'm high. There you go. We got brought everybody up to speed. And I've been doing this research, and every time you listen to some information that's 6,000 years old, you feel like you're the first guy on the phone playing the game telephone. I'm on the phone like, how am I supposed to tell this to the next motherfucker, dude? Like, I'm gonna smoke a boat. <laughs> like, I'm gonna take a month to figure this out. When we play telephone, like, we usually get it to the end and you're like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> like, so many people went through it. Like, everybody's adding their own bullshit or whatever, their own point of view, you know? <laughs> It's like killing is bad, then he goes to a killer and he's like, well, killing is good. It tells the next guy, it's like, killing is good. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> My tummy is here, like, what the fuck? So I'm the first guy on the phone, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I do fart jokes, like, what? You know? No, for real, my farts are so strong, dude. <laughs> I can turn a gay guy into a straight guy, like, that's strong. I have the motherfucker reading the Bible after I, he smells one of my farts. He's like, oh, shit, everything's gonna come back to him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, what is it called? Natural in instincts? That's just gonna kick right in. It's gonna be like, motherfucker, wake the fuck up. <laughs> That's how strong my farts are. And I smell my farts every morning. So every morning I'm like, yep, yep, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> fuck. I drive with the I found a Wii in my car, and it's not for money or f to sell, it's just for the thrill, you know? Every time I get a cop behind me, I'm like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> I'm getting deported. Like, <laughs> 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 fuck. <laughs> fuck jail, dude. Jail, you get like a meal and shit. Like, where I'm come from, that is not, uh, not, you not get, you don't get a meal. That shit is not like written down. What, you get food? Fuck you. We're trying to get our own food. That's how it works in my country. I'm from Venezuela. If you ever wonder what it's like to lose 99.9999% of the value of your money, been there, done that, it's not fun. But that's why I'm speaking to you in my second fucking language, you know what I mean? I wish I could be doing this in Spanish, but it is what it is. But I love it out here, though. I'm lucky. This is like Disneyland, dude. I can walk out of here right now. I can buy a steak, and I can buy ice cream, and I can put the ice cream on top of the steak, and nobody will tell me nothing. That's freedom. I don't know. That's what we're trying to preserve here. But I'm on the phone, and it's this fucking 6,000-year-old dude, like, dropping knowledge. And I'm like, dude, I'm not ready for this. You know? Like, oh, I just want to play. I'm waiting for the new PlayStation. 
you know? People ask me, Eli, why do you like Bush so much? He bought me a PlayStation, like, he's a good guy. <laughs> Remember back in the day, like 2005, where he gave everybody 400 bucks? I got my check. I bought a PlayStation, my brother bought a PlayStation. It was fucking great. We just bought two PlayStations. You know how much money, all that, he was trying to pump money into the economy, he ended up pumping into Sony's <laughs> in Japan, and they sold out of fucking PlayStation. They're like, dude, we got a fucking, we got an industry going on here, fucking backed by the US government. <laughs> Fuck. It's kind of like the people in Norway. You know, they always are used as an example when you're talking to some fucking socialists or some bullshit like that. And they're like, oh, what about Norway? You know, they're socialists, they're chilling, it's like, I don't know if you heard, but we, America pays their national security. They're like a mistress that we have. I'm gonna tell anybody, <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't have, a, I don't have to work. And we're like, fuck, this bitch wants to go to Vegas again. Fuck. Okay, get the plane, you know. And she's like, da da da, you know. Oh, I got money. Everything is great. Like, dude, we're paying for this shit. Like. Get the limo, fuck. You know what I mean? We don't even use the limo. We just drive the fucker. Anyhow, that's when. Whenever they bring up the Norway people or whatever, nice people. And it's not. A, it's not. It's about the politicians. You know what I mean? People are people. I'm just rambling now. What the fuck, dude? I'm just still thinking about this call that I got. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? You know. So I'm processing that. Um. You know. Yeah, I talk about the drying wood with we. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to hold my bread underwater, just like practice. You know, I, I'm pretty sure everybody here has tried that, right? And you never know what you're gonna use this for. But as I'm pulling up in the intersection, and I just took the drag of a of a bong, and a couple's next to me, I realize this is what I've been training for. <laughs> so now I gotta help hold the breath, my breath. And it's a fucked up intersection. It's in Sloth and 19th Avenue in the sunset. It's one of the longest lights in the city. Don't 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 ask me how I know. It's a long light. <laughs> so just hold my brain looking at the cops and I'm like trying to act bored, you know, but I'm like, dude, my best poker face. I've been playing poker for 14 years. I'm like, this is the I'm all in right now and I'm bluffing. And I don't want to get called. <laughs> if I get called, I'm out of the tournament. <laughs> out of the tournament, I mean the country again. It's a high-stakes poker. Every day. <laughs> how about that? Fuck. That's how I got to get my thrills. That's why I'm doing this. You think I'm doing this for what? It's for the fucking thrill, dude. Anyhow. Gosh, what I can tell you about. <sighs> what do you guys want to wanna talk about? What you guys want to hear about the book, for example? A 6,000-year-old book. What do you wonder? What is the question comes out of your, out of your mind? Who wrote, it? Who wrote it? Enoch. He wrote it. And, uh, yeah, he, he saw a bunch of shit. At one point, Azazel, which is the leader of the fallen angels, he's not Lucifer. That's just one of the angels. They made a petition and they gave it to Enoch so that Enoch could take it up to God. And Enoch did it. 
and to listen to the answer is like okay. <laughs> Every time he drops the answer is like it's a drop mic, you know. People fake that here. Everybody says like oh I like apples and they drop the mic. You're like what? You're dropping the mic called dropping apples? <laughs> what the fuck? But he said tell them that they should be petitioning for men and not men petitioning for them. I said it's like okay. And then he came back. He's like no no not good. You know you guys are fucked. So if you guys are out there listening to the radio right now, know this. TikTok, TikTok, motherfuckers. That's all I'm saying. People are wondering, like, what's going to happen in Venezuela? Who's going to get rid of the dictatorship? TikTok, TikTok, motherfuckers. And just as I'm saying TikTok, is TikTok for this set, too. So <laughs> what's going to happen at the end? Everybody, I think it's going to be like the Warriors, you know, here. How everybody now loves the Warriors. You ask him, like, who plays for the Warriors? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Fuck. I think that when at the end com- when the end comes, everybody's gonna bandwagon. Everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, actually, actually, yeah, I, I'm I'm with the team." You know, <laughs> everybody's gonna bandwagon. Anyhow, that's my time. Give it up for your host. Yeah, right. Yeah. You could catch Elio Ponte on an episode of Ancient Aliens, the first comedians, y'all. <laughs> we appreciate him coming back, spitting some knowledge and stuff. We're down to our last uh, comic right now, unless there's a random challenger, unless someone puts a quarter into the whole machine and stuff. But otherwise, we're going to keep this machine going with uh, this guy. I oh, man, this guy's becoming a living legend. Everyone, please give it up for Mark Neuer. Yeah, bro, I'm a fucking living legend. Make it louder for me. I'm fucking awesome. I'm uh, completely amazing. There he is. I was wondering where you were at. I was like, fuck, I was worried. I was like, fuck, dude, what's going on? Okay, cool. I'm doing. I'm going to try and do a set. I just got up here, if you were wondering. If you're like, oh, man, did I miss all the funny? Nope, it's still coming, man. Hasn't even started. Cool. You know, Mutiny has a open mic here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's fucking crazy. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I'm about to ask Pam for a fucking five spot. Like, damn. I thought I was hella slick. I gave her a five in the studio the other day, Friday, you know, and then I was like, oh shit. So I wake up on Sunday. I'm like, oh, or Saturday. I'm like, oh shit, there's a, there's a mic today too. Throw four bucks in there. You know, I think I'm being cool. I wake up today. We we're going to go see a movie. I look at the movie times, nothing starts till six. I was like, well, let's see what's going on bacon tonight, you know, because I know there's all the late mics. I fucking, this is so new. It's like, oh shit, there's one a day too. And I fucking, <laughs> I woke up with $5 today. I was like, what the fuck happened to my life? <laughs> if you're wondering, yes, that makes my weekly income $23. Yes. Yes, it does. Don't fucking judge me. But I did buy Jewel Pods today. It was either that or two packs of cigarettes. So, what were the Jewel Pods, you know? Coughing up bloody loogies. It's just not the jam, you know? It's not my jam. It may be your jam, it may be the thing that you get down with, it's just not. So I thought, what better time than now to do a scientific study? (laughs) You know? So I took a little cup, spit my loogies in there now, seeing the ratio, what's phlegm, what's actual, uh, an actual like real problem, the blood, you know, 
we're looking at the difference here. I've been spitting it so often, man. I have like a cup. It's like a, like I'm dipping. This is gross, right? It's disgusting. Get past that. It's going to get worse from here. Cool. <laughs> Good. Uh, you know, it's getting there. It's getting there pretty, pretty big on that cup. You know, it's pretty, it's a thick cup. You know, we're sitting there. I have this cup all the time. Me and my girlfriend is sitting there. We're, we're, we're eating in and out. Our milkshakes. I have my cup. She went to reach for a milkshake, but she went to reach for my cup instead. <laughs> and when she realized, she made this look. It was very similar to but a, a, the noise you made, but a look. Instead, it was like a kind of look when she realized. And I was like, what, you don't want my, my bloody loogie milkshake? That's going to be tremendous. I thought that's what... That was a really... A lot for that punchline. That was a lot for that punchline. <laughs> you thought there was none. It's there. It was there. That's an old, really old joke. I've been coughing up blood for a long time. For a long time. Three packs a day will do that to you. So I'm 23. That should be funny. Because I'm, I'm coughing up blood. So that should be funny. But anyways, we're getting past that. I'm 23. My last name is Neuer. My name is Mark Neuer. It took me 23 years to find out that Neuer in French means drowning, which is convenient because that's what I'm doing in debt. It's great. It's like it's written in my stars, you know? It also means, uh, it also means walnuts in, in French, which makes me believe that conversations in France <laughs> must be really entertaining to listen to. Yeah, not to actually be engaged, but just like, like just half ear hustling a conversation. They say Neuer, they're like, was he drowning or is he walnuts? I don't understand what's going on here. Who's? <laughs> uh, my middle name's William, so I could remix my name to be Willie Walnuts <laughs> for the rest of my life. I think that's fantastic. He's like, he's, he's fired up about that. I agree, dude. I'm fucking stoked. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, it's like Willy Wonka's porn name, dude. It's fucking like, it's, no, right? It's tremendous. Jesus Christ, dude. We're fired up by my material. I need to sit down. My legs are hurting. So listen, could you imagine the porn for Willy Wonka? Hold on, <laughs> that's a lot. Could you just imagine the por could you just imagine the porn music? Just listen about the porn music for a second. Like, come with me, and you'll be in a world of impure masturbation. And then you see the Oompa Loompas getting fist fucked in the background. You know, the children dying. It's amazing. Did I lose you. I lost you. <laughs> It's like, it's like people never saw the movie. They hear that part of the bit and they're like, where the children come from? I don't know, it's like the whole yeah. premise and punchline of the movie. The children come and they die. It's, that is the movie. How would I not include that in my porno? I'm not saying they're getting fucked. That's terrible. That's like, <laughs> that's horrible, right? That's, no, no kids are fucked in that movie. It got a little weird at one point, right? Willy Wonka has that look in his eye, looking at Charlie. Charlie's looking at him. It's weird. It's a little weird, but no, no children were fucked in the making of that movie. I, is there a documentary? No? Where, where's the, I've never seen any allegations. I don't know. I don't know. But in my porn, they don't get fucked. I can tell you that. I directed it. They just die, you know, normal stuff. 
I, uh, I'm from the 209. Do you know where that's at? Cool. It's by, yeah, it is in California. It's by, it's by, it's like in between Stockton and Modesto. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a dude, uh, I had a dude come up to me after a show and he told me, uh, he's, I, I, I know, I've known Modesto. I've been to Modesto. I went to rehab in Modesto. <laughs> you don't know why that's funny. It's funny because all there is out there is like, is, is, is drugs. Right. 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 It, it, you can go, you can go anywhere for rehab. You can go anywhere for rehab. He went to, that's like going, that's like going to the Neverland Ranch to stop fucking kids. That's what that's, that's exactly what that's like. You're just going to be looking out the window just like, I want to be them. <laughs> I want to be them so bad, you know? Fuck. All right, cool. A lot of, lot of kid fucking in the middle of the set. Um, my, we'll go right into getting shit on. How about that? I got shit on by a bird. In Turkey, getting shit on by a bird is good luck. I got shit on by a bird. My truck got towed. Obviously not Turkish. <laughs> no 23 and me needed. I am not Turkish. Not at all. I'm glad my truck got towed because now I don't have to worry about it getting towed anymore <laughs> because it's towed already. Shit's gone. You ever lived in a vehicle before? Cool. I have. I lived in that big bitch. It was a big ass SUV. I lived in it and I had these big tubs, these big tubs that I put all my dirty clothes in because if you don't know, uh, you could barely even find an apartment in San Francisco with a washer and dryer. Have fun finding a fucking SUV with a washer and dryer. You know what I mean? Like, I needed a tub for my shit. That was off the top. Just want to let you know, and Warhol Coffin, that was a riff. That part right here, all this riff. <laughs> killing it. Just want to let everybody know. In case you were wondering, Anthony Medina, killing it. They towed the shit, and I have not gone to collect any of my items out of it, including those three big-ass, disgusting tubs of my underwear <laughs> and my homeless-ass socks. And all the cum rags. Oh, my God, the cum rags. Oh, my God, the cum rags. The towels. Oh, the towel cum rags. Oh, my God. Someone's going to open those tubs. <laughs> it's not going to be me. It's not going to be me. And I, I pray to God it's that piece of shit who told, dropped his yearly, annually income to tow my shit. The tow truck driver. I hope. Oh, I hope. No, I got goals. I don't dream. <laughs> Told that to my girlfriend today. <laughs> All right, cool. My name is Mark Neuer. I hope you guys have a great night and uh, donate because I couldn't. I don't need yeah, that was Mark Neuer, yo. About, we actually had some nice, uh, we got a couple surprise drop-ins and stuff, so we're going to keep the show rolling. Uh, we just got a couple more. Hey, especially if you're new and like you want, like you guys should really hang out, check out your last couple comics. Everyone, please give it up for Corday Schnell. Hey guys, you guys good? Good. Uh, my birthday's coming up. Um, I'm about to turn 45. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be great. Like, do you guys actually believe that I'm about to turn 45? You guys believe me? Anybody? Anybody? Kinda right? Right? I know, I know. But you wouldn't. You kind of second guess it though, because I'm black, right? <laughs> and black, <laughs> and black people we don't crack, right? So like, I literally want to start be telling people like, yo, I'm turning 45. 
Because like believe people believe you like oh shit you're 45 you look good for 45 like you damn right <laughs> I fucking look good for 45 right and I started thinking about it <clears throat> I started thinking about like older people who are like celebrities who we don't know their age they could be lying to us you know like Morgan Freeman how old is Morgan Freeman like 85 90 100 right like if <laughs> like if you found out today that Morgan Freeman was 140 you'd be like I could believe it all right that's what more <laughs> That's what 140 looks like in like, you know, his age. Huh? Then it started, I started thinking about it. I was like, yo, what happened if Morgan Freeman was best friends with Frederick Douglass? Like, dude, what the? Like, damn. Like, how was times back then? Were they good? Well, besides the slavery and stuff like that. But yeah, did you meet Abraham Lincoln? Like, how was, did he really change some shit, you know? Man, he might have known Jesus. You never know. Like, when have you ever seen a baby picture of Morgan Freeman? It was probably just a, a like, 25-year-old version of himself, you know, as a baby, you know? Like, that's why I just love telling people that like I'm 45 because I remember literally I was like the oldest of most of my friends like I was like 23 but they were saying I was old as shit right so I, now I'm just embracing it I'm just embracing like fuck it I'm 45 now and plus that helps me with like older chicks because they always call me a baby whenever they find out my actual age that was like we have a good conversation things are going well and then they tell I was like how old are you I'm like I'm 29 she's like oh my god you're a baby and I'd like, be kind of upset because that's like, they deflect and they be like, they don't want to talk to me anymore, right? But at the same time, I'll be like, I kind of want to be petty. I'm like, oh, I'm a baby? You think I'm a baby? Well, I'm kind of hungry. Can you breastfeed me, please? You know? Like, you know, but then I hate when uh, a chick who's around your age says that same exact thing, right? So, oh my God, how old are you? 29? Oh my God, you're a baby. I'm like, well, how old are you? 31? I'm like, bitch, you a toddler. What the fuck are you talking about? You bragging because you can walk and shit? Like, bitch, I'm crawling. I'm crawling, you know? We're going with the baby thing. Uh, also, so I'm vegan. Um, I know it's a shock to most people because I'm still fat. That's usually the reaction I get. But, you know, it's crazy because I lost 40 pounds and I'm feeling good by myself. So I'm going to keep it going, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've gained 30 of it back because, you know, Taco Bell is the fucking, you know, it's the only thing I can eat from fast food. Also, side note, right? You know how everybody says, like, Taco Bell gives you the shits and stuff like that, right? It gives you really bad gas. When you go vegan... That gives you a lot of gas, period, right? So when I ate Taco Bell for the first time, it was the first time I ever didn't have gas from Taco Bell because I was already gassy for everything else I ate. That's a <laughs> proven fact. That's how you beat Taco Bell's like diarrhea, you know, become vegan and then eat it, you know. Uh, <laughs> also, when Mark was talking about, uh, well, fucking like uh, Willy Wonka, like what it'd be like as like a, uh, like porn and shit like that, right? I was thinking like the ever, ever long lasting gobstopper, maybe like the ever long lasting orgasm you know that'd be dope as shit right then the one chick remember she ate like the uh, bubble gum and then she's like started tasting blueberries she got big that's bbw point in willie walker's world you know <laughs> um so it's crazy so my mom always raised me to be a gentleman you know she's like you know, like be a gentleman open woman's door stuff like that help out stuff like that but i got pissed because my sister would try to do the same thing with me she's like hey i'm going to the gas station you want to come i'm like sure i'm gonna get some snacks stuff like that right so we get up pull up she was like hey um, I just like she's like a 20 on 10. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. All right. What are you telling me? Um, I'm not the cashier. No, so she, <laughs> so she goes in and she pays for it. Right. Then she gets back in the car and she's like, Hey, uh, you know, a gentleman would pump a woman's gas. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Definitely. Definitely. I got you. I was like, can you like press the, um, the hubcap or whatever. Right. So I press the hubcap. I get out of my car. I walk around to her door, you know, and I get her door for it. Right because I'm a gentleman and you can pump your own fucking gas because I'm not dating you, right? 
<laughs> she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not dating you. That was for a chick I'm trying to date. I'm not trying to date my sister. That's a little creepy, and we're not from the South, okay? Uh, <laughs> fucking shit. People from the South. Um... So other than that, um, by going vegan, I learned how, how nice and helpful white women are, right? Like I told a chick I was vegan. She's like, oh my God, how long have you been vegan? I was like, a week or two. She's like, how long have you stopped eating your friends? And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, like, I ate at Lakeisha the other day. Uh, <laughs> but it was funny because she, like, she was like, let me get your number. Let me get your email. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to send you some recipes. I'm thinking four or five recipes, you know, like some little meal prep and stuff. She sent me 34 pages of possible recipes, right? I said, like, oh my fucking God, you are so helpful, right? I told my black family that I'm vegan. They was like, what the fuck, Corday? Really? This is what you're doing, man. At the black barbecue, that's what you're telling us, right? This is what, what we doing today, man. I was like, shit, my bad. He was like, he was like, he was like, yo. He was like, you know what goes on this grill? He was like, chicken, ribs, links, beef, and then hot dogs with a kid scored. He was like, get that fucking shit out of here. And that was him knocking my protein-style burgers out of my hand and onto the ground, right? And he started kicking dirt. He was like, what are you eat plants and shit from the dirt? You probably used to bitter tasting shit, right? I was like, damn. So then I walk away, go eat in the corner by myself, right? And I'm eating it. My stuff, it was a little crunchy from the dirt. Uh, <laughs> then he walks to me. He was like, hey, man, Cordae, I heard you lost 40 pounds. I was like, I did. He's like, fuck. Was it really hard becoming vegan? I was like, what the fuck? Are you asking me for tips? The possible he was like, I'm thinking about going vegan. I was like, motherfucker, what? You gave me the most shit out of all my family members. This is how you feel, really? He's like, yeah, I'm getting big, man. I've gained 100 pounds. And I was like, yeah, your fat ass needs to lose some goddamn weight. You fucking fucking up out here, right? And then it's my older cousin, so I got up and ran away, right? But then I remember that I recently lost 40 pounds, and he gained 100 pounds recently. So he's like 140 pounds heavier than me. So I just stopped running, and I started walking away. Because he was, <laughs> because he was out of breath just sitting down. So <laughs> oh shoot! Um, any guys ever hear like when women be like, "Yo, dudes ain't shit." You guys ever hear this or like see this on Facebook, whatever? Right? Don't you hate that? Because you start thinking about yourself, like, "Well, I ain't shit." Who's she talking about? You know, <laughs> well, I'm a good dude. Then you start thinking about her. Well, maybe it's the dudes you dating, right? Like, I start thinking about it, like, sometimes, right? Chicks be having, like, these biased opinions, right? Like, if a girl told you pizza wasn't shit, right, but she only ate Little Caesars, would you really evaluate her opinion, you know? <laughs> like, oh, my God, like, Little Caesars ain't, like, pizza ain't shit. I was like, well, you eat Little Caesars. You need to upgrade your shit. You know, maybe date, like, somebody who's kind of like Domino's, you know? They're the dude who's kind of like that, you know? He, like, we first met him, he would he have stuff together, but he's trying to reinvent himself, you know, going back to school, right? Maybe did a dude who's kind of like Pizza Hut. I mean, he's a little greasy. Was he, like, bad hygiene, but you can help him out, stuff like that. Give him, introduce him to Axe or something like that, some back, some body spray. Or maybe did a dude who's kind of like Mountain Mike's, you know? It's like, uh, he likes wearing, like, a lot of flannels and stuff, like, to be outdoors, I mean, kind of stuff has like a beard you know kind of thing i was like oh you know when you really ready for like a serious relationship you could date a dude who's kind of like round table you know like really good like loving caring pizza kind of stuff like that and when you really 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 ready for a relationship you can date that deep dished out pizza you know the chicago that, that deep loving relationship kind of stuff basically i'm just saying like if chicks keep talking about dudes ain't shit maybe she stopped dating five that last niggas i don't know that's just my opinion i <laughs> i had him in court day that's my time thank you yeah all right, yeah, we're going to finish it up. Uh, your last comic of the day. Oh, we appreciate him coming by. He does a show, and um, uh, he'll let you know, y'all. But give it up for the one and only Warhol Kaufman. Uh, I just want you guys to know I was booked here, so. Oh, did you hear? I heard Noyer killed it. Did you hear Noyer killed it? 
That's how you, if someone tells you themselves, that's how you know <laughs> that they're doing well. Um, I don't know if abortion is murder, but I know that killing every conservative politician is murder. I just found out that uh, Nancy Pelosi is two bullets away from being the president. Like, if you murder two people, Nancy Pelosi will be the Democratic president of the United States of America. Not just any two people. It has to be the right two. You have to figure out the right, it's like a puzzle. If you can figure out the right two people to murder, just from a legal standpoint, he's my lawyer. He broke it down for me. Um, my ex-girlfriend is actually uh, is vegan. She shops at Whore Foods. I, I went to Whole Foods the other day and I saw this sign that just said, bread misses you. Come back to bread. How long has it been? Remember bread? Check your calendar. Is bread in your calendar? Open up your mouth. Put a sourdough in your mouth. Sit on a loaf. I just want to clear something up. Um, I've been misquoted, and I don't appreciate it, all right? Yeah, I, people have been misquoting me. You know, don't do that. Look, I never said white people are stupid. I don't know why people go around misquoting. Don't misquote me. I never said white people are stupid. I just don't like being, I didn't say white people are stupid. I never said white people are stupid. But Europe's not a continent. I'm the oldest one in my family without kids and I'm I'm proud you know like I tried really hard I put it in the wrong places and everything <laughs> my people are from the islands which means we used to get traded for rum but now it's just drunk at parties like I am I actually witnessed a murder the other day it was like eight months ago. I witnessed a murder outside of the layover on 15th and Franklin. It was crazy, right? Like, I saw someone get murdered. And then the next day, I was so happy. You know? I felt alive. I felt so alive. I used to live in West Oakland. They found a human head in the recycling plant two blocks from my house, which is messed up because that's compostable. <laughs> but when I moved into the neighborhood, like, I think two weeks passed. We moved in. Two weeks passed, and someone got killed, like, in the neighborhood, you know? And I was so upset. I was like, oh, my God. That's so terrible. Like, I can't. That's horrible, you know? And then it was, I swear to God, it was probably a week and a half later, someone got shot right by the dollar store. And I was like, what do you expect going to the dollar store? I mean, gotta watch out. And then, seriously, 
within the month, someone got shot right on the corner, right by my house. And I said to my wife, I was like, I hope they got the right guy. I heard there were like 42 people shot in the same weekend in Chicago. Like, they got good aim in Chicago. I used to tell that joke. Uh, I used to tell that joke, and then I went on tour. And I told that joke, I like, you know, went north, and I told the joke. I was in Portland, I told it, and I went to Boise. I told the joke all over. And then I went to Chicago, and I was like, am I, am I going to do it? Right? Am I going to tell, like, because if I can't tell it in Chicago, so I told it, but I ducked. Obama ruined the dreams of black children. I wanted to be the first black president. Is it unfair to say the first lady slept her way to the top? People be like, Trump is racist. And he's orange. I think it's ironic that Trump's son is barren and we all wish his mother was. Is it unfair to make fun of Trump considering he's cognitively disabled? Just like you know, like you could tell he raped someone, but it's like it doesn't count because he wasn't wearing a sombrero, you know? I did this show in Vegas. I saw a guy in a Chewbacca costume take off his mask. Wookie mistake. <laughs> When I was little, um, I used to ask my mother, like, Mom, if you die, what would happen to me? She said, well, if I die, you know, Bill's your stepdad, so you would live with Bill. I said, but what if, what if you die and Bill dies? She said, well, if I die and Bill dies, you go and live with your grandmother. But she's old, like, what if grandma dies? And my mother said, what are you planning? <laughs> I love Oregon, man. Oregon has the purest white supremacy of anywhere I ever tasted. <laughs> it's hard to find a job, though. Like, when I lived there, I tried so I applied so many places. I applied like 90 pl I tried to apply to the Ku Klux Klan, but I couldn't fit my resume on one sheet, you know? <laughs> I'm surprised the Klan hasn't ruined bed sheets and pillowcases for everybody. Like it did for me, I just started sleeping at white women. I was thinking about the purpose of a clan hood. Like, you might think it's to hide their racism, you know? But I don't think it's to hide, like, they're not ashamed of their racism. That's their whole thing. I think the purpose of a clan hood is so that rich clan members don't have to share money with poor ones the day after the meeting, you know? Keep it anonymous. Living outside of Portland, in St. John, someone wrote nigger on the fence across from my door. I was like, I'm home. I used to get coffee every morning at Martha's, and across the street is this church called St. Kevin's. And I grew up Catholic. I was curious. Like, I wonder what Kevin's been up to. So I looked it up. And apparently, St. Kevin is most famous because this woman tried to seduce him, so he drowned her.
and they build him a church. I feel like the Virgin Mary was in on it because I saw her statue in the court card and it looked really smug. You know, I like it looked looked like she knew something. I don't know if you ever heard there was this enslaved African in the South who he set himself in a box. He mailed himself to freedom. He mailed himself to freedom. They taught us that in school. It's amazing. He mailed himself to freedom. And I bet at the plantation there was someone else left who was like, that nigga mailed himself to freedom. He mailed himself to freedom. He got in the crate. He nailed it up. He put the address on the outside. He stamped it. He waited for the mailman. He mailed himself to freedom. And if he was a better friend, he would have mailed me too. I used to tell that joke, and then I realized uh, it was like late February. It was right at the end. And I realized, oh, my God. No, there wasn't some nigger left who mailed him. That was his wife, because black women are amazing. It's amazing. I went to the mall the other day. This young white teenager made eye contact with me, and under his breath, he goes, my nigger. A Denzel fan, yeah. <laughs> Went to Five Guys. Five Guys does not give a fuck about your peanut allergy. They don't care. But back in the day, a doctor wouldn't sit you down and say, your son has a peanut allergy. Like, he would just say, your son is dead. <laughs> would you like a peanut? They're delicious. Shout out to George Washington Carver. So I was eating this cheeseburger and some melted cheese got on the floor, stuck to my shoe. And it was crazy, like, it was so slippery. Like, for a second, I could almost moonwalk. Like, I figured it out. That's how you moonwalk. You get some cheese on your shoe, and you rape a kid, and you can moonwalk. <laughs> That's how you do it. I went to Trader Joe's the other day. The cashier said to me, 1114. I said, what is R. Kelly's ideal age of consent for 200, Alex? All right, I'll give it up for a wall. <laughs> uh, always asking the greatest questions of life right there, yeah. Uh, if anything, thank you so much to everyone that came out today. Uh, we're gonna, whoever wants to hang out, we'll be doing a little Q&A afterwards. You wanna have a little fun? Uh, we'll be going to like a little bit before six and stuff. So otherwise, uh, yeah, take a little quick musical break. Go to the bathroom, y'all listening at home and we'll be right back.
Cuando canto mi canción Me gusta tomar mis copas Aguardientes lo mejor También arte y la blanco Con su sal de la sabor Ay, 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 ay Ay, ay, mi amor Ay, mi morena de mi corazón Snoopy es what they say as if they knew me On my head like a coofy. My nigga Kid Cuddy, that's my little buddy. Call some hoes up and get some cutty cutty. What's your life like? Mine's is kinda tight. A long way from hustling. That China white. My people love me, the fans love me, come all go. If you ain't showing love, then what you call for? I don't need it in my life. My kids pay the price, but so I like the need of my wife. Smoke till I'm gone. Dog on the throne. I'm worldwide known. I'm a boss in the zone. I get it how I get it, cause I can. I earn my spot. You see the plan. I was fucking with my fans. I turned out to be a better man. Importance of life, you understand while I'm puffing on this brain. Everything I'm having, no, they ain't necessity. Though I'm shining, keep on grinding. What you see ain't all of me. Though I keep them all, don't love them all. The code in which I roll, it's so simple what I need. You know I keep my fam, and I can't forget that dream. Na 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 na. I can't forget that dream. Na 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 na, I can't forget that dream. Na 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 na, I can't forget that dream. Na 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 na
I get my fam dollar, got my niggas. Got a little money, y'all, when I ain't trippin'. Most days are faded, feelin' next raided. Steady, want them fishy hoes, and I want a lady. Holdin' the fam down, and my clothes on me. The peoples who were there, what's the fuck, love me lonely, phony. You see a nigga, don't approach me. Hit it to the top, baby, it's on me. Check around yeah, around table. What we got? We got oh yeah, there it goes. There it goes. What's that? I got my NPR voice on now. There you go, man. Ready to tell the news like how it is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's going on? Actually, I have this bit that I've been doing, and it's funny because the comics look at me, the comics don't follow news. I guess that's hilarious. So, uh, so I'll, I'll talk about the Mueller investigation, and I just get glazed eyes. Like if I if I say it in front of like an audience. They kind of know what I'm talking about, but comics are just like, that's not about comedy. I didn't pay mm-hmm. attention. And what's the Mueller report uh, been coming out with so far? Bro, Mueller just, he resigned. So he's done. Mueller just is tired of the bullshit. He, he made a recommendation. Apparently, he did an eight-minute speech. I've heard a lot of analysis. I haven't actually stopped and listened to the speech yet. But, um, I mean... You know, we don't live in a culture of logic and politics anymore. There's yeah. no there's no sense of like two sides debating great ideas. Yeah. It's it's like uh for so long, literally my entire life and slightly more, the language of politics has removed itself from reality in a very aggressive way. And so 
the double speak is out of control now. I mean, it's straight 84. Oh, yeah, dude. It's like a cartoon show, a reality show all the time. And it's just like, yeah, who could be the crazier, wilder one? But you have to admit that the Trump presidency is going to make a great Adam McKay movie one day. There you go, man. You know, it's a future one for the Oscars. And yeah, stuff. if artist legal, you yeah. know, in like eight years. And then I know a guy who knows Oscar, too. Uh, this guy right here. <laughs> this guy right here. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad he's here.